Hey, this is Jason Overcome Redmond. Thanks for tuning in to the Overcome and Conquer show. If you love this show, we want you to do us a huge favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave that five-star review, leave a comment, and most importantly, share with your friends. Because sharing is caring. Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain. The problem nowadays is people want to get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're going to claw, you're going to scratch, you're going to bite, you're going to dig, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two seals, one mission. The Overcome and Conquer Show. And welcome back to the Overcome and Conquer show. I got to tell you, there is a whole lot of awesomeness in this studio today. I, I, I mean, it's hard to move with the amount of awesomeness in or, here. Or, or, so, I can't make a seals. <laughs> or, 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 I've never been able to do, I've never done that just before. Just stop that. You're doing just it. stop that. Yeah. <laughs> just quit while you're ahead, man. But uh, we are honored uh, to have another team guy brother with us today. And uh, today's going to be a fun show, man. Three seals, one mission. To talk a bunch <laughs> yeah. of shit. You know what the mission is, yeah. but we can't talk about it right <laughs> so, now. Yeah, Woo! yeah. Not on air, gentlemen, not on air. But uh, yeah, man, we, I tell you what, the new Overcome and Conquer show has been just crushing it, driving forward. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, we're just going to continue that, obviously, with our guest today. He is an awesome individual. He is a fellow teammate. Uh, he was born in the great state of California and, uh, he's done a lot of things. I yeah. got to tell you, he came from a military family and it inspired him to go into the military. He was a Marine. Um, we're going to talk some about his childhood. I don't want to get into that, but I tell you what, you know, he reminds me a little bit of Ray's background, grew up on the wrong side of yep. the tracks. And I tell you, there's a lot of people out there that grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and lost their way. And, uh, our guest he stayed laser focused and drove on uh, despite everything being thrown against him. He went on and he joined the United States Marine Corps. He was a Marine and uh, <laughs> saw the highs and lows. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Got himself in a little bit of trouble over the years, but, uh, you know, and uh, finally decided that the Marine Corps, while it was a great uh, warm up for him, stepped up. He got called up to the big leagues Damn right. and uh, joined the Navy and went to Bud's, uh, graduated in class 213, uh, right? No, 215. 215. Sorry about yeah. that. Sorry about that. 215 and uh, did several combat deployments and then uh, spent some time and he founded an amazing company in 2001, Tactical Assault Gear Tag. And that company exploded. He learned a lot about making gear, relentless. He had a great business mind. All the lessons he learned, both in the military and the Marine Corps and in the SEAL teams, he translated that into huge success before he finally sold his part in TAG. And now he is driving forward, doing what he loves, finding success with his passion with motorcycles, and recently launched his new company, Rugged. And we are going to be talking about that along with, uh, he's a published author. He wrote the book SEALs, UF, U.S. Navy's Elite Fighting Force. As imagine, a matter of fact, that. I was going to say, in the SEAL teams, <laughs> you actually have to have a book. You know, I make fun of all my Army friends. I've got two in the works. Two in the works. So. Nice. But uh, yeah, my army friends are like, yeah, guy, you know, you're the only assholes out there that when you do a mission brief, they include, uh, you know, 
who the uh, book publishing point of contact is and how to write the movie. And we have script. great fucking hair. Part of the uh, after action report. At the end of the slides, it has the bibliography. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there and there's All a shelf. Sources there's a quotes? there's a shelf of Copenhagen and hair gel as oh, you step out of the platoon space. You had me at hair gel. But uh he he truly is an amazing individual, guys. He tells it like it is. He is a leader, he is a warrior, he is a businessman, and we are just absolutely honored to have him on Chris Osman. Welcome to the Overcome and Conquer show. Thanks for having me, fellas. Brother, it is so awesome to have you here. You know, we we go back a little ways. Big fan, big fan of what you do. But I've got to address the elephant in the room. You guys know I do some consulting work all over the world. And you know, it just came to my attention that I was fucking paying full price for your shit for years. <laughs> and I just found out that you were the fucking CEO of a company where I used a lot of your product. So did I, did I mention he was a good businessman? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah, right. I'm going to be hitting you up. We've got to have to see if we can get some type of, can I get like a refund, a uh, delayed refund? Some type of discount code? Yeah. Like a reverse discount? Well, what pisses me off is all your gear is so awesome. I was just telling him beforehand, you've got the most awesome fucking gear. I love your hats. The Faith, hope, and destiny. Thank you. I want you to say it because I'm married. I was hoping he brought some. <laughs> the glitter hats. We were all like, please. But every time we, I get online to buy a hat, my wife one fucking gets pissed off because she was like, don't you do it. But every time I do, you're out of gear. What the fuck? So I, I, I'm surprised myself. I, um, you know, that definitely wasn't my intention with starting that whole thing because originally it was Chris Osmond Designs, as everybody knows, right? And that was just a transition from tactical assault gear because everybody knew me as, oh, Chris is the tag guy, right? Yep. So I was working for the company that I sold tag to, okay. uh, a company called LC Industries out of uh, North Carolina. Really big government contractor, but they make things that we used every single day that no one knows where the fuck they come from. But um, chem lights, they make all the chem lights, the Silum chem lights, about 19 million chem lights a year. Holy shit. If anybody want to know how many chem lights are being snapped around the world, that's about how many. Um, the five gallon jerry can, water jugs, uh, all the spoons that go into the MREs and stuff like that. So that company wanted to get involved in manufacturing on the, the, the nylon side of the house. Mm -hmm. And I had gone there many, many years ago, like 2009-ish to ask them to sell my product and get them to sign up as a dealer. And by the time I had left and they were dropping me off the airport, they asked, Hey man, you know, instead of us being a dealer, would you consider selling the company to us and you coming to work as a vice president? And I was like, sure. That was literally the conversation. It, it happened on a cell phone on my way to the airport. Great hair, deep pockets. I fucking yeah. love you. Yeah. I love yeah. I mean, uh, but so did I say that too loud? That was my outside. But voice. that was, you know, that that animal blew up. You know, I never intended to have a company that, you know, was doing millions of dollars in sales and all this other crazy shit like that. Never knew that was my path in life. And then as I transitioned, I'll say that they actually shit canned me. They fired me. Um, <laughs> Seal transition means that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you're like, oh, you're in a transitional period. Oh, yeah. you mean you got kicked you out of your house? Fucking, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> I love it. Been, we can all I, relate. I've yeah. been transitioned a few times. Yeah, no shit, no shit. <laughs> so, you know, as I had just started, uh, Chris Osmond Designs is just a side business because I ride motorcycles a lot. And to me, all that nylon shit that I see, it, it's the same as making a Molly dump mag pouch or, or something like that. I was like, hmm, it's nylon sewn into a rectangle instead of it attaching to an armor carrier it's going to attach to my handlebars and i just started making stuff is is a side hustle to keep my mind yeah. entertained and then 
then I got fired from LC Industries because I was making my own product, even though they were making it for me. They were the OEM. So it was just, you know, they basically hated me. I hated them. They shit canned me. Yeah. And then, you know, with Rugged, my whole goal in life was to never, ever, ever become what I became in tech and like consume my whole, my whole life. I mean, it was seven days a week, fucking, yeah. you know, no sleep, no rest for the wicked type thing. And, you know, I just don't want to become the, the that. life of a, the life of a, <clears throat> a huge entrepreneur that gets sucked down into the, the actual business bureaucracy road yeah. when it gets yeah. so big. So we're starting to get ahead of ourselves. So, because uh, we're, I want to come full circle. There's a, there's an amazing journey that you basically walked <laughs> along before yeah. you reached that point. And one of the things I, I, I want to go back to one thing you said there, because it's an amazing thing for every show, we have the word of the day. And you made a statement there that while working with those guys, they came to you one day and they just said, Hey, we want to buy you and you to become the vice president. And in that moment, that's clarity. It and is. that's your word of the day. It and is. I think that's so amazing. So Ray, will you do the honors? And then Chris, we're going to have you uh, talk a little bit about why that's your word. Okay. Roger that LT. Clarity, the quality or state of being clear. Now that's a pretty broad fucking definition. Mm -hmm. Obviously clarity hits you um, like a 20 pound anvil in the head. So what does clarity mean to you, sir? I think, I don't even think, I know that clarity for me is anything in life, right? If, if it's, you're going to go to the gym, you have to have clarity of focus of what you're going to do. If you, you know this, you guys work out. If you just show up and you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You'll spend an hour walking around the gym. But if you're focused, you're like, hey, I'm going to get in there and knock out this, 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 and this, and I'm, I'm getting out of there. Business is the same way. Life is the same way. I, I think that if you can somehow go into your happy space and really, really, really dig down into who you are and what you're trying to accomplish and get some type of clarity of focus, yeah. then you can drive forward and accomplish that goal and accomplish that mission. If you're just out there hemming and hawing and you're like, man, I don't know. I'm thinking about going to school. You know, I've, I've always thought about getting my MBA. I've always, you know, the, the people who have a case of the tomorrows, yeah. there's yep. no clarity in anything that you're doing. I got it. You know what I mean? I love it. So I want to, I want to ride, I want to ride motorcycles. Uh, what kind of bike do you want? Man, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. Yeah. And how oh, do you want to ride? What do you want to ride? What yeah. Do you so do? there's, so. there's that. And, and, and that like, you know, with rugged, what I'm doing, you know, it took me years to come up to have a, a point of clarity of what I really wanted this brand to be and what I wanted to do, which is why it's going to never be anything like tag ever was, you know? Well, you learn from your less your mistakes. Oh, big and time. That's, and that's what's so fucking cool about, you know? And what I love about you is I've hung with you, you know, we've, we've, we've shared one or 20 drinks before and you're so fucking humble. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. That's because I'm a huge fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you, uh, if hey, you amen to that, I'm right it, there. Yeah. I mean, everybody makes huge mistakes. There's great success. There's great failures, right? There's that, ebb, there's that ebb and flow of life. Right. But I think that, you know, the reason I am humble is because I mean, think about it, man, I'm surrounded by guys like you, right? I, I can't be a cocky asshole around guys like you. Yeah. Right? You, that's the good thing about our community is that we will always hold each other accountable, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. And you know, I mean, like I say, man, I'm like, like, dude, I was a SEAL, I was a Marine, cool. But there are tens of thousands of people who have done that. And yeah. there are tens of thousands of people who did it a hell of a lot better than I ever did it. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I'm proud of what I did, but I'm certainly not, you know, hold myself as like some elite being yeah. that deserves to be cocky around other people. I just, yeah. And I, I think that's even another level of clarity. And you, you, um, 
I like what you said there that it took you a while to figure that out. I think for for all of us in business sometimes, I, I know I feel that way. It's taken me a while to figure out what is my specific message? What am I delivering? And I, and I love that, you know, you had this idea for Rugged, but it took you some years to kind of figure out this yeah. is my path. This is the clarity. You know, the, the dust is settled. I'm not moving in every direction in business. I know what I want to do. So let, let's come full circle though. Yeah. Cause I yeah, like I said, going. man, you have walked a hell of a journey. So yeah, go ahead, Ray. So we know you the team guy that you are now. What sure. I, what I want to know and what the listeners want to know is how did you become this? Talk about your childhood. I mean, because we have a lot in common. I mean, just yep. lay it out there, brother. Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Southeast San Diego. My dad was a, uh, he retired as a command master chief of a fast attack submarine. So he was a chief of the boat known as a Cobb yeah. during the Cold War. So he was never around, um, not because he didn't want to be, it's just because he couldn't be, right? And you guys know the deal. And, you know, he's deploying, doing his thing. And, you know, the, our family didn't have a lot of money. I mean, you know, think about E5, E6. My my brother was born when they were 17, so that means mom was pregnant at 16. Yeah. I come along right behind him, you know, the, the traditional Catholic twins. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the they were stationed in San Diego, and we were living in Imperial Beach at the time. And my, my dad and my mom applied for a, uh, like, low-income housing, right, I think. Yep. And back in the 80s, which most people don't realize is – you know, um, home prices were low, but the, uh, the APR, the borrowing rate was huge. So mm -hmm. I remember them being excited and like celebrating cause they had a 17%. Um, Holy fuck. yeah. And a lot of people would have like, you know, 17%, 12%, 20%. It was crazy amount yeah. of interest rate. Right. So they apply for this, this housing and we move into this neighborhood, Southeast San Diego, and it was right behind um, Morris High School. It's pretty famous for that area. And it's Skyline Drive is like the main thoroughfare through there, which then dumps into the Lincoln Park area. So that's where I grew up. So all of a sudden, like, we just move, move in in the middle of the night. And the next day, we're, you know, this is 1984 and I'm in grade school. And, you know, the, the community around it was all low income. You know what I mean? I don't think my parents had the wherewithal to look ahead and say, well, you know, why are the houses so cheap here? Yeah. Or, hey, have you, have you guys- <laughs> Hey, this is a great deal. Yeah, this is really a great deal. Have you guys actually got in the car and drove around there with the windows down at night to hear the gunfire? Probably not. So we move in and it's a brand new house and, you know, just we're literally like smack dab in the middle of San Diego's urban gang problem. And it was right the year that crack cocaine hit the streets. Is yep. it 84? And this like gang violence just erupted everywhere. So we were like literally living right in the middle of it. And I'm just, you know, white boy, Chris walking to school and, you know, where I came from was a diverse neighborhood. It was, you know, Hispanics, Asians, white kids, you know, we all kind of like live in this apartment complex. So I never thought anything different, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, everybody's my friend. Then I get out there and I'm like, no, dude, they, they fucking hate you because you're a white kid and they think that you're of privilege. They think that you know, you're better off in life than they are. And then it's just, you know, it's like fist fight on the daily, right? People start picking on you. And I didn't really understand what was going on. So I had a kind of a hard time adjusting to that. And then I got into taking uh, martial arts like Taekwondo and that really helped boost my, yeah. my self-confidence. And about maybe a year or so into that, you know, some kids started like wanting to fight me and pick on me on the playground. And I just went unleash the beast, so to speak. It started beating people's ass and I was like, Whoa, this is pretty <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, mm, Mikey yeah. like. Yeah, I like that. You know, my fist in your face felt pretty goddamn good. Yeah. 
And so there's also a stress relief in that, you know, people who know who have been in fistfights is pretty awesome. There's that crazy surge of adrenaline. And if you're not the one getting your ass kicked, then it feels pretty good. If you're on the receiving end, it's, it sucks. But, you know, in that I learned to just stand my own ground and to fight for myself and fight for what I believed in. And, and that was it. And I, I just refused to be a victim and just go, oh man, you know, walk with my head down to school and, and do that. You know, a lot of kids just live the life of cowardice. I'm like, fuck that. I'd rather get my ass beat than have somebody know that they they control my thoughts and they control my life. And I'm not going to walk on the other side of the street. I'm going to walk down the center of the street. And if you want some, I'm here to give it to you. So did you uh, did it. you choose the path of uh, going into the martial arts or did your dad encourage that? Did somebody in your family, what led you down that path? Yeah. Um, watching like Kung Fu theater movies and Bruce Lee and all yeah. that. And I was, and, you know, seeing that. And, and when I was a kid, my dad... Um, brought home uh, First Blood, the original one. I'll nice. Like, stole the VHS tape John off Jay. the yeah, yes. John Jay. <laughs> and I'm like seeing this dude jump off cliffs and sew himself up wait, and, wait, wait, and wait. stab he, motherfuckers. Wait, I'm wait, like, wait, wait. I want to do that, dad. How do I do that? <laughs> your dad did not steal it. We know that in the SEAL teams, we never steal anything. Well, he borrowed it. We acquire it. That's true. We acquire it. <laughs> <laughs> was it. What's that saying? Gear adrift is indeed a gift. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, I haven't heard that forever. Back, yeah, because I mean, back in the Damn. day, Pre 9-11, we didn't have the budget we used to. So I can't tell you how many how many times it was like, hey, new guy, go acquire this. Yeah. yeah. Or you'd see somebody shit laying there and you would look everywhere and you're like, mm, I don't see initials or a social. I'm taking that shit. So and and how often was it that it would be like, <laughs> hey, whose gear is this? It's yours. Go ahead and take it. You just yep. answer your own question. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Fuck. All right. Cruising through the platoon space at midnight, you're like, no, nobody said not to take it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody. I love here? when team no. guys come on here because we like ask these these like you know real deep questions. We get off into. I love it. We go off yeah. of the right fucking field. The locker room tangent Dude, of yeah. acquiring shit. Yeah, I love so, it. So all right, so your your dad brought home uh, First Blood, which was awesome, man. I remember I love watching that, that too. That movie love was it. badass. Uh, fired me up. So that that kind of started you on this journey. So did you go seek, seek out a dojo, or did you say? You know, how did you, my, uh, the, the path, or I say the path, the, the route that my parents took to work, my dad, you know, where they drove by, there was this guy's Taekwondo studio a couple miles from the house. And I just said, Hey dad, I want to go in there. I want to take Taekwondo. And he was like, okay, as long as you walk to your classes, then you can take it. Like they never once drove me there. And it was about two miles from the house. Well, you seem to be, I mean, I, I know you a little better than I'm telling people. You're very good at what you do, but you've got this very, like, very passive. You're very laid back and chill, but what people don't, I, what I love about you is, you know, we were shot show drinking, you know, we had a couple, they were fucking flowing, but you like, yeah. <laughs> One's too many, 40's not enough. With the family, but you know, you have this, this aura about you, just like you said, where, you know, like, Hey, listen, don't let my kindness, um, be uh taken advantage of. You know what I mean? Like example, you know, we're buying drinks for each other. You're yeah. always like, let me get this and that. But you know, they remember, remember we had that idiot that kept coming around yes. us and dude, you like, it went for, it was awesome because it was you and another guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just like Jay, when we were at a Christmas party where he just wants to beat Santa's yeah, ass. He just, he, they turn it on so quick. Cause usually well, I'm the hothead. This guy definitely wasn't Yeah. Santa. He was being a dick. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. wasn't Santa. But I love that about you is like, you know, you automatically put, I just, I love watching fucking warriors go to work. Cause it's like. I felt like I was your wife because you're like putting your wife and me in one position and you're like protecting us. I'm like, your wife's there and she's like, oh, whatever. And you're like, hey, bro, fucking back up. But what I love about you is, is you do that 
you like put a guy in his place without being disrespectful to him, but it was enough where the guy wandered off. I remember that. And I remember because yeah. I was drunk and you were just like, dude, you're in the wrong part of town or whatever it was. But I saw that in you, you know, I was like, damn, dude, old, old cat's still got some juice left in him. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the deal guys that, you know, I'm no badass by any stretch of imagination, but you never know who you're fucking with. Right. And people, I won't say I'm a dangerous man, but we have the ability to become very dangerous men, right? It's not like we're non-trained. We haven't been through any type of hardships and yeah. endured, you know, extreme circumstances. Yours obviously is a hell of a lot worse than anything I've ever endured. There is a level of don't fuck with that most people don't have never encountered or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So they think it's like, oh, they can talk shit and they can this, that and everything. But, you know, unfortunately you know, you're, you know, you're fucking with the wrong people. Yeah. And I think because we know that about ourselves that we know you're like, man, this is like a soft target, right? There's yeah. really not a threat here. He's just shit talking. So am I really going to elevate this from a zero to an eight? Oh, and yeah. now I'm trying to pull his fucking eyeball out of his head with my thumb Yeah. in the middle of a shot show. It's like, mm, how about I just talk to the guy and go, look, dude, Yeah. you know, we're, we're family, man. We're just kind of hanging out and I get it. You recognize this. Is it, is it cool if you just chill out and kind of leave us alone and just, you know, you want to drink, I'll buy you a drink to just leave us alone. It was like you, me, Primo. And then that guy who was like that MMA killer. Yeah, dude. So it's like. Diffusing the situation. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. That comes with time. And I think a lot of that. maturity. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I I credit a lot of that to not only your SEAL um, history, but I also think your upbringing the martial arts discipline, because it's what I'm seeing a lot of guys that are, that have fucked up childhoods. I mean, I have a horrible childhood. Yeah. We all f- like mine was wrestling. We all find something. We find that internal discipline, you know, martial arts is, we just had, uh, on a, a, a couple uh, episodes before or whatever it was, we had another guy that had the martial arts discipline, uh, single mom raised him. It's I'm seeing this, this pattern um, of people that I think are very successful that or, had, or Greg Amundsen. Remember Greg? Yeah, I mean, just dude, guys that are multi-talented, you know, black belt crowd Maga. Yeah. And the most well, down to earth guy. Yeah. And I don't think anybody that does the jobs that we do or did are normal. Right. <laughs> There's no, you know, true statement. Yeah. I remember being in, I remember a very specific time during hell week. We're kind of close to graduating. You guys all know, like day five, you're down at the demo pit and you're doing your bullshit. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, we do all that and we're kind of like afterward, we're sitting in a, in a huge circle on the beach and I have no idea who it was because obviously he's day five of Hell Week, but um, he, he walks in the center of that and he goes, hey, so who, by show of hands, who here was raised by a single mom? Some guy's hands goes up. Who here was beaten and abused by their parents? More hands go up. And then, you know, he just keeps asking these questions and it's like, you know, who here was beaten up by, you know, their their siblings who here has an uncle you know there's all these questions of you know self-realization you know who here is trying to prove something to somebody that told them you were a piece of shit that you would never be able to this who here has ever been told they could not do this blah blah, blah. you know he goes yeah. this whole thing and next thing you know you like look around and everybody's sitting in the circle the whole the whole class somebody everybody's got their hands up and he says and he says those people are not your family those with their hands up and all of us here in these blue shirts, we're your fucking family. You just earn the right to be a family member. This is who you're supposed to love and protect and fucking dedicate your life to. Fuck all those people who told you, you, you know, he just goes in this speech and you're just like, oh my God, you're just trying to like come yeah, that's, nut. That's fucking I'm jacked yeah. up. They didn't do that in our yeah, class. In our just, class, I think they told us we we're a piece of shit. Piece right of shit the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
I love it. That's powerful. He must have been a commander Dude, trying to get awesome. promoted or who something. Who was the instructor that did that? Do you remember? I have no idea who it was. Dude, wasn't that's that all, powerful? That's no, powerful. That is powerful. That's powerful. So yeah. I have a question. I have a million-dollar question that everybody wants to know about you. Why the fuck did you join the Marines? <laughs> no offense to the Marines. <laughs> yeah. But what was your, you know, you made the jump. I mean, you know, we talked about John J. Rambo. Um, you got great hair. Well, you had this hard childhood. Which is falling out now. Yeah. yeah, you had this hard childhood, and and you definitely, like Ray, I mean, we've talked about this. You could have gone down some Different pretty paths, bad yeah. paths. Sure. And I'm sure you got lured in that direction many yep. times. What led you, uh, like Ray said, into the Marine Corps? Well, it wasn't by by choice. My first choice is always to be a SEAL. I grew up wanting to be a SEAL. My dad was in the Navy, and you know nobody in my family had ever been in the Marine Corps before. You know, Air Force, Army, Navy, all this. And when I went to go join the Marine Corps, I'm sorry, the Navy, you know, I had a, I had a juvenile criminal record, right. From, you know, of course fighting. Right. And as I was sitting in there and they're like, okay, have you ever tried any drugs? You know, the guy's like questioning you and you got, he's got the little fucking pen out yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally have. And then he literally just was like, like Jimmy Gutowski <laughs> off of fucking taxi when he was going for his <laughs> yeah. driver's license. He said yeah, yes to I've, everything. <laughs> I've done that. Oh yeah. I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, he was just like super disappointed and, and he pulls me into the back room. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're supposed to say no to that. No. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, well, I thought when you joined the military, you're supposed to have honor and integrity and you're supposed to, this is like my rebirth. And he's like, no. not here. <laughs> he's like, no, dude, no, that comes later, bro. No, 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 not right now. Now you're supposed to be lying your ass off so I can get credit to get your dumb ass into boot camp. And I'm like, oh fuck, sorry, man. But because it already said it. Can't undo it. Can't undo it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and so I couldn't go to buds. I had to, you know, I couldn't qualify for the diver fair program, which is now like the, the pipeline right of today. So he was like, you can go to the fleet Navy, but you will never make it to buds. Cause you're a little turd. He straight, he was very, very cool to me. And he was like, dude, look, the last thing the Navy needs is another fucking shithead. <laughs> we, we have so many of those. You're a shitty recruiter. <laughs> yeah. And he says, he goes, if you really, really want to go to become a seal, I, I think what you really need though in life is real discipline. And I was like, I don't have discipline. He goes, no, you're a fucking little shithead kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you got to love brutal honesty, man. Yeah. You know, you, you, I love I, it. I love people that are brutally honest. I, I can't stand it to beat around the bush. So, I mean, yeah. you got to respect that. I Did do. Did that I mean, light a fire in you? It, it was like the shock, like, wait a minute, my brother, my mom, and my dad aren't the only one who think that? I thought they were just fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, they were trying to just keep me down for 18 years. He's like, no, dude, you're oh a fucking dumbass. God. You're like, you're legit. It. You need discipline. And, you know, I was like, man, I've never thought about joining the Marine Corps. And I even told him, I was like, like, like Heartbreak Ridge, Gunny Highway, just like fuck Marine Corps. Like, you know, that, and he goes, let me walk. <laughs> he goes, let me walk you next door, man. He goes, I really do think that this is what you need and he goes it's the real military you're gonna make it marching around and doing rifle drill and and the one thing i'll never forget he goes you know and the thing about the marine corps is they're dumb enough to give a guy like you live ammunition to shoot that's fucking awesome so <laughs> so you did the you did the four years i'm guessing right did the four years four years cleaned your skate your slate i yep. guess right yep. well wait, wait wait i mean i don't know about cleaning your slate you had some interesting escapades in the marine yeah. corps hey, before yeah. you made it's like your a dui though he fucking let that shit go it only has yeah. Yeah. so much time and stature before you let it go yeah but so. any crazy stories in the marines the well i my first combat experience was in somalia in the marine corps and you know like i said i was really 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 motivated i took to the discipline in the marine corps like a fish to water i really enjoyed my time there and, but I was artillery. I was never anything cool like, you know, recon or force recon. They didn't have MARSOC back then. But, um, and, you know, I just thought that 
I just loved it, right? Being in a uniform and having a bigger purpose to serve than myself and someplace to be every single day. And there was, there was something easy about it, which I, what a lot of people thought was difficult about it. I thought was easy. I'm like, okay, well, we have to be here at 530 in the morning. We have yeah. to be clean shaven. We got to be in uniform. Got to have our boots shine. We got to, you know, this is how long my belt's got to be. You're fucking clean shaven now. I can't believe it. Yeah. Well, I enjoy hot water and razor, man. You know what I mean? So. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, don't get me wrong, man. I love a nice hotel these days. I mean, um, I got to tell you, I, I love a cush five-star hotel. I, I can sleep anywhere. I'll go sleep in that creek tonight. You know, my, my wife, Naked and Afraid, was on. She got sucked into that the other night. And she's like, would you do that? And I was like, no. I was asked to do that show. And I said, no. No I fucking way. Dude, yeah. you lose like 20 pounds. I'm not doing that shit. I struggle enough to keep weight on this frame. So, but the funny M- thing Mitch was, is doing that once every 60 days. I know. He's in fucking saying, God, he looks gorgeous too. I love <laughs> he you, Mitch. He does look gorgeous. Mitch, I love you, Mitch Agar. Yeah. Yeah. So, little but, plug, uh, little but plug. that's the thing. Yeah. You know what? You know how to be hard when you need to be. So yeah. what made you make that jump or what led you down that road to make that transition? And did you transition straight out of the Marine Corps? Did you get out of the Marine Corps and then decide I'm going to join the Navy? I got out of the Marine Corps and had to join the Navy. So a lot of, I get hit up all the time through DMs and, oh, hey man, I'm going to do an inter-service transfer like you did. I'm like, no, there's no such thing. You know, there's there's that rumor that you can do an inter-service transfer and just leave one branch of service to the other. But I can, I can assure anybody listening, that's not going to happen. So- um, that dog don't hunt. It does not. Um, <laughs> I, I screened for battalion recon when I was in artillery past everything. I came in first place and I, but I just couldn't go because my MOS wouldn't allow me to leave and go to reconnaissance. And had they said, yes, I, I highly doubt I ever would have left the Marine Corps. You yeah. know, I was super belt fed, had the high and tight. And you would not have been sitting here with two real live Navy SEALs then. Amazingly no. talented. Good looking. Gorgeous. Hotties. Yeah. Just, that's us. I just blew a guy a kiss. I don't know what just happened there. That's okay. It's sorry. on film. They saw it. Well, no big deal. Sorry. Well, it's, it's happened before. Hello, Chris. Yeah. Okay. I suck one movie star off and I get shit for it. It's no big deal. Yeah. It's not gay if you love him. Yeah. Like, if he if he's a Hollywood star. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we may have to retract that. But so <laughs> Ryan's saying not a chance. So, all right. So you got out and yep. you decided to make this trade. So you didn't make it into recon. You got out and you decided to make this transition. Right. So I'm going to follow my dreams, what I want to do in the first yeah. place. And, you know, the, about six months out from my EOS, then, um, you know, my, my little local uh, career counselor, right? The little guidance counselor, so to speak. I went and talked to him and I was like, look, man, what are my real options here? And he's like, well, dude, you can re-enlist. And I'm like, is there any type of bonus? Is there, can I even go to fucking jump school or serious school? He's like, no, you're artillery. You have zero need for a school like that. And I'm like, so this is it? <laughs> I'm like, I've, that's all you got for me. I've hit the top of the mountain. I just got to keep raising the flag higher on the pole. What the fuck, dude? And he's like, yeah, this is pretty much it, man. You know, and, but I wasn't, I, you know, like I said, I hadn't even hit four years yet. I was already a sergeant. I'd already um, become a section chief in artillery, which is the highest, um, job there, unless you become like the battery gunny or, you know, uh, you know, that, that was it, man. I was already kind of peaked in less than four years. Um, and there was a, a master sergeant who knew that I wanted to do something in special operations. Everybody knew I'd like passed the recon in doc and all this stuff. And he was a super cool guy. And he, and he, and he pulled me out, uh, one day I was talking to him and, and he just pulls me out and he's like, look around you. Right. And we're out on like the parade deck, right. Of the, the unit. And he goes, look, man, he goes, these buildings have been here since I was your age. He goes, nothing will ever change. 
he goes, you, you're hoping the Marine Corps becomes something different. Like it's going to change for you. And he goes, I can assure you that it's not designed to change for you. You're here to serve it. It doesn't serve you. So you can get the fuck out and chase your dream. Or I can assure you 20 years from now, he goes, and there was like older guys, gunnery sergeants and staff sergeant. He goes, look, look at all those. He goes, look at those fucking losers, man. And he like, <laughs> and he leans into my ear. He goes, and I'm one of them. He goes, I never got out and did what I wanted to do. He goes, dude, let me tell you something, man. You have the opportunity to change your path in life. He goes, he goes, let me just break it down. See, he goes, do any of those guys drive a car you want? And I'm like, no. Now that I think about it, he goes, how about this? Would you ever fuck any of their wives or girlfriends? I'm like, no, they're ugly as dog shit. And he goes, that's you. You're going to be different. He goes, all those guys were you. They thought they were going to be at, have, fuck the hot chick, drive the cool car. And they don't. Their oh, lives. Man. And he's like, that's it. And I was like, that's the speech. He goes, that's the biggest reality speech. He goes, I'm the only Marine at my rank that'll ever tell you to get out and do something different if you, you know. And he said, what's the worst that can happen? And I'm like, well, what if I don't make it through buds? He's like, well, then you'll be in the fleet Marine Force. He goes, you'll be in the fleet shipping paint. He goes, that's a shit job. But you'll never know if you don't go. That's I mean, the, life that's is the so much like that. So many people sit idly by watching life passing by. Looking around, and if they just took a step and they looked at, you know, the schlubs next to them. Sure. And yeah. That's going to be me. So, dude, go after your dream. So, you did it. You took yeah. the plunge. And it was, and so I I made the announcement, if you want to say, because they're like, oh, Sergeant Osmo, are you going to re-enlist? When are you going to re-enlist? And everybody thought for sure. I was, you know, I used to have a saying, 30 if you like it, 20 if you don't. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I hate this shit and I'll do it for 20 years. If you like it, you're, you know, stay for 30. Like this is, this was the path of my life. And I remember telling him like, Hey, I'm actually getting out and joining the Navy. And <laughs> you thought I'd drop the like suitcase nuke in the center of the battalion. And <laughs> so I get, you know, get called into my CO's office and I'm standing there at attention, you know, just getting my ass chewed. And, you know, I remember telling him like, well, sir, you know, the thing is, is that you're, you're only going to be here for another two years. I'm here for 30 years. If I say yes, this is it. I'll never leave this unit. You know what I mean? I may get stationed at a different, you know, artillery unit. But yeah. What the fuck does that even mean? And I'm like, every three years, you're at a different command. You get challenged. You get to move up in rank. You know what I mean? I, I will never have that opportunity. Yeah. And my first sergeant was flipping out and he's like, I can't believe he's screaming at me. And he's like, I can't believe you would lead the Marine Corps to join the fucking Navy and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I'm joining the Navy to try to become a Navy SEAL. You know what I mean? He's like, but you know, what about the Marine Corps? Don't you like, and I'm like this process. And he's, he's like, well, I'm like, well, I'm making a decision that will benefit me. And you're mad about that because it doesn't serve you because you think I should be doing something else with my life. And I, but I said, are you going to, you know, what happens when you leave the unit two years from now you get transferred now? What? Yeah. Now I've just signed on to make you happy today so you stop yelling and i'm like exactly. it's not worth it and it's not know, worth it and it happens with everything when i got out of teams to start doing my consulting same thing i had um someone that you had an issue with years ago over something uh we're not going to bring his name up who was like he was going to be my opo you're never going to mount anything you're going to be this to that and i was just like you know what big fuck you i didn't say it to him but i was just was looking there roger that and uh, we'll just say double tap. We'll leave it at that. And I just said, fuck it. So I love the fact that you said, fuck it. You joined the teams, yeah. right? Um, how long did you do in the teams? Seven years. Total. Seven years. Yep. Kicked ass. Any, any good deployments? Afghanistan right after 9-11. So I deployed six days after 9-11. See that? See, I oh, knew. That's yeah. awesome. So 
again, you're doing combat deployments again. I love it. Yep. Seven years. Okay. You have a great career. Great. You got a great reputation teams. I'd tell you right out to your face if you didn't. I would. I don't. We go outside. You probably. I don't think I'd be sitting here if I had a shit reputation. Yeah, I, I agree. No. So yeah. my point is, there comes seven years later. What made you? This is what I think a lot of people want to hear, just like me. What made you want to get out and go after become an entrepreneur? Which sure, guys, team guy. If you're in life, every day you get up, you're an entrepreneur. You know, every day that you get up, you put your pants on, you could fall, you're taking risks. Yeah, being an yeah. entrepreneur, I think you know we've talked about it with bedrooms. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's the special operations of business. It is it takes that same mindset, it does. being relentless, working your ass off all the time. That you know, fighting the doubt. So, yeah, what made Chris O go? You know what? I've had enough of being the elite, and now I want to go attack this new venture. What was it? Yeah, so I had started Tag. Um, in 2001, again, it was, you know, I was, I'm a gear geek, right? And for, for, some, for those who don't know, can you tell people what TAG yeah, is? Yeah, Tactical Assault Gear. Thank you. And, and what did it do? It was a manufacturer and reseller of uh, tactical nylon products. And when I first started, I was in, I had a retail shop and I, and I was selling other people's products. So um, the big brands that I was selling, Blackhawk, Eagle, London Bridge, Paraclete, Spec Op brand, Benchmade, um, so, camel, so, camelback mechanics wear. I mean, all these guys, you know? So for those out there that aren't military, I mean, we wear all kinds of gear, you know, we have our body armor and then you have gear that carries your weapons and ammunition and mm -hmm. radios and all that different stuff. We have shit tons of first, gear for second, that. third line gear. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's big business. It's it is big huge. business to supply the military and specifically to supply special yeah. operations. So, and, and there was nothing down in our area, right? I mean, in San Diego and Imperial beach here, there was nowhere, no shop that you could go to and walk in and go, Hey man, I need I need a, uh, a padded belt. I need a rigger's belt. I need, you know, whatever. JB Brights didn't count for getting her greens and her no. camos. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Just checking. So I was actually really cl close to them right around, <laughs> right around the same so shopping center, right around the corner. Um, anyway, so they could I, start your 60. Pounds. That's right. <laughs> right near Mike Martin and everyone else. Yeah. I love it. And so, you know, I opened this retail store with $23,000 I had saved in, in the bank. And, you know, it was 13 grand that I had in personal savings. And I went to Wells Fargo on Orange Avenue in Coronado and walked in and I was like, Hey, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. Can I get a loan? And with my credit score, they gave me a $10,000 personal loan and I didn't buy a bike. I used that to open the business. And that was like my opening order to Blackhawk and the grid wall for the walls and the cash register and the display cases and shit. And when I was at work, my dad was in there because um, he's retired. So he was in there building the store out for us. And I mean, I literally do nothing. I didn't even know what the fuck a business license was. I remember when I first time I called Mike Knoll, who founded Blackhawk, that blew up and he sold that thing for like 130 million. But um, remember I first called him on his, on his cell phone. Winning. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag winning. God hashtag best you. life. Mikey Knoll, we love you. We love you. We love to have you on, brother. Yeah. Get, <laughs> yeah. For a small fee. He would be, that. I, I, his story is amazing, man. I mean, he, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Like what he did and he, you know, people say I was the first like frogman entrepreneur, but that dude led the charge on that shit for sure, man. Yeah. So this is something I don't think I've ever asked a frogman on here because you're you're a plank owner for a couple things. And again, your business did very well. I'm not going to get into dollar amounts, but I this is the question I have. You start off with 13 grand, right? You agree? 23 grand. 23 grand. You yeah. had 13. You got the $10,000 yeah. loan. I apologize. You turned this into a seven figure business. Yes. What was it like? when you realize that you hit seven figures. I mean, cause you know, I'm everybody's, that's everybody's yeah, goal that's in life. That's my goal. Seriously, yeah, seven figures. For and sure. I'm, we're looking at you right now, looking up to you. What was it like? I mean, were you like- you're, What you're looking at, you're like, 
well, how the fuck did that guy? I am because I'm <laughs> like, wait a minute, that this guy fucking dude. They're like, you gotta be shitting me. That guy? No fucking way. He must be lying. Wait, no, how did you how did you do it and what did it feel like? I mean, did you go, okay, I'm here, I'm where I want to be? Because you grew even from there. You went even bigger. Yes. And did it and was it a grind? Or did it did it kind of pick up steam and then suddenly it was like, you know, well, you know, like inferno. I said, it started out as a as a hobby. And then when I deployed after 9-11, I was using all the stuff that I was selling in the store, like what the team was issuing us, right? I mean, you guys remember the day of they issued us a, a ton of equipment, but then you still went out and bought your own or you modified your own shit or you spray painted it. We yes. Come, well, I mean, we come pre, from this pre 9-11. Pre 9-11. Pre was like, yeah. yeah, you got decent gear, but it was like post 9-11. You went out back yeah, and everybody went back shit, yep. and you were sewing stuff and yeah. figuring things out. So, you know, during operation and during training when nothing was going on, this is pre 9-11, you know, you're just fucking, you know, oh, you guys are diving. Ne you know, you mean your next block of training is diving. Oh, our gear has to be black. So yeah. what, what are we doing? Route back rattle canning our shit. And, uh, you know, I remember my dad one time I had to leave his house on like a Sunday in the afternoon. I, I go, Hey guys, I got to take off. I go down to the command. And my mom was like, what do you mean? You got to go. It's Sunday. And I'm like, oh, I got to go spray paint my gear. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And my dad's like, wait a minute, man. I thought you guys were like the elite best of the best tip of the fucking spear. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, it's more like the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, we really do have to paint our own gear and, you know, share batteries and share night vision. This is, you know, pre nine 11 type years, you know, seven yeah. Charlies were the big thing. Remember yeah. that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got a picture with a pair of uh, sevens yep. on. Yep. Yeah. Single. Remember the first time Monocle you saw like, lens. yeah, like Bino. Yeah, guys, that's old school. school night. actually had a little bit of night vision. Yeah, I mean, that's old school night vision, guys. Nothing yeah. like the quads or the 11s yeah. or set, all that. It's old school shit here that yeah. we can sit around and talk about. Yeah. But the days before they even had a mount that went on your helmet, like you wore that stupid yeah, just, ass like head net. Yeah. Like, that like catch your like mats. Yeah. I think that's exactly what <laughs> I have a picture yeah. of somewhere, me wearing yeah. that thing. So- you know, and I was selling all that gear from all those different brands and I'd been in business about six or seven months and just a couple of days before I graduated Marine Corps Scout Sniper School, you know, 9-11 happens and, you know, next thing you know, we're all gone and at war. But when I was overseas, we're using all this stuff and I just started sketching on a notebook. Hey, I would fix this. I would change that, you know, and, and all the, you know, again, the, the stuff that we did, the training that we did, the amount of mags that we carried, frags, all that was based on theory. Yep. Right. And if you look back and I know you guys remember these, these conversations, they like transcend coasts, but you would see pictures of team guys in Vietnam, crossed bullets, fucking knife hanging off one canteen, couple mags. Oh yeah. And somehow they built the reputation, of the SEAL teams. And you never once heard them say, man, I wish I had another 40 pounds of shit on. Yep. Yeah. Somehow our generation became, Hey guys, we're trying to fight Black Hawk down three times. Yeah. So everybody's got to have 10 mags, two frags, two, and next thing we're just loaded down with so much stuff. Then we get into real war. Start, yeah, everybody slim back down. Everybody man. slim way yep. back down. Yep. Now guys want to wear a lowing cloth and a wrist Carry rocket. And they're like, yeah, I'll, I'll just call it an airstrike. <laughs> five magazines, man. Yeah. That's what we were carrying in Iraq. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so when I came back, I wanted to change the gear that was being that i was already buying so i started calling around the companies you know um hey would you guys consider making me 50 of this would you and, and no one said yes you know and um you know it, not because they didn't like me or whatever but you think about the volume of the time you know their businesses are now exploding too so yeah. i'm like oh hey man can i buy 50 and they're like hey man we're yeah, selling 50 of that an hour you yeah. know what i mean so 
you know, I didn't just, I didn't have the, the finances to just bankroll, you know, a $30,000 purchase order for an idea, you know? Yeah. So what was that timeline that you finally decide, well, I'm going to start making my own stuff. What was that timeline real quickly from that to where you actually sold the company? Yeah. So I was in, I want to say in my business, I started making like legitimately with my own label around 2002 midway after I came home and I, I found a little sew shop in San Diego and, and took somebody else's product in there. Right. And gave it to him and asked him if they could sew it up. And he says, yeah, man, come back in two weeks. And I came back and I literally couldn't tell the two apart. And I was like, hmm, well, how much is this? And, you know, he's like, oh, 75 bucks. And I was already paying like $175 for the other one. Game on. Game on, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And guys would come in and they'd say, and, and the, the, the customers really what drove me to have my own brand because they would walk in and, and say, Hey man, do you have a Riggers belt? I don't, and it just started kind of clicking with me that no one said, Hey, do you have a Blackhawk Riggers belt? Do you have an Eagle Riggers? They just wanted a Riggers belt. Yep. And so I'm like, Hmm, I'll just take out one. I, I literally started taking out one item at a time. That was it. I just started taking shit off that, that was popular and selling it and took it to that shop and had it made. Um, and they got to the point where I needed to sell, you know, manufacture and control my own costs. And so yeah. I opened up a, a thousand or 1200 square foot little box yeah. and had a couple sewing machines in there and, you know, 200 foot extension cords plugged into the bathroom. We didn't have electrical in the building and, you know, guys were just sewing up stuff for us, you know, and, and we would just hang it in the store and sell it. I love it. So you built this multi-million dollar company. Can we agree on that? Yes. You sell it. Yes. Boom. Now you own a new company. Can you talk about that real quick and what your mission is with that? With Rugged? Yeah, with fucking Rugged. Yeah, so I keep saying yes. Rugged.com. So. Yeah. That's right, So Sorry, baby. see, that's, a, that's called a plug. I just plugged you. Thank you. You can charge me. I'll, I'll charge you after. I'll take out the other plug later. That's called take, marketing. Yeah, that marketing. Yeah. That's a marketing plug, not a, anyway. The other plug. Yeah, yeah, not the plug you're talking not about, Not my Chris. favorite yeah. butt plug. Yes. So, all right. Well, you know, the last thing I wanted to do you know, for the listeners. And when I sold tag in, t in 2010, you know, I had 115, 120 employees, the warehouse, the manufacturing building is 23,000 square feet. So we had, you know, blew up into this huge thing. I had three retail stores, one in Fayetteville, North Carolina, two in San Diego. Um, you know, it was, you know, 175 dealers around the world. And it just was this crazy monster, this crazy animal. And it literally overtook my life. It consumed my entire life. And, you know, I, as I sat back thinking about doing gear, I wanted nothing to do with it. I really wanted to retire out of the industry. Yeah. But I have the same cell phone number. I've never changed it since like 2002. But the phone rings. Hey, man, I want to buy a hundred of this. Hey, do you, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of retired. My wife was like, you know, obviously you still love it. You talk about it, you know. Which is a great lady. I don't cut you off. I love your wife. I met her Thank finally. You. I love your wife. Great energy. <laughs> yeah, Ross we is gotta, amazing. Yeah, we got to get the families together. But yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. But whenever sure. you talk about dynamite ladies, I got to throw my two yeah. cents in. She holds me accountable, man. She's Fuck like, yeah, yeah, she does. She doesn't seem like she, you know, the long-haired admiral like we talk about. She yeah. doesn't look like she puts up with anything. You To be married to people like us, and I can say, you got to have a, I'm not, I, I said, bitch. You got to have a strong woman because yeah. don't. Cut that out, bitch, because my wife will kill me. Um, They're Spartan queens, man. Yeah. yeah I love it. You I love it. It's a great. I Fuck said that yeah. same thing in my book. She was a Spartan wife. Yeah. So so what led you to create Rugged? What are you doing now? How do people sure. find you? How do they get your gear? And yep. why are you making Rugged gear? I just like 
tactical nylon. I don't know. It's a passion of mine in my life. Um, I hate to say that I'm good at it, but I'm decent at it. Would you say you have a fetish? I was thinking the same fucking thing. You're like, I like like the tactical nylon. Now that I think, now that you've said it, I think I probably do Are you going to make, uh, is there lingerie in tactical nylon? I could, I could. So people would buy that shit. An adjustable, I an adjustable I cockering. Yeah, adjustable <laughs> cockering. With Velcro on it. I love it. Yeah. Dude, we're, this is cutting quick it. That's definitely in your discomfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> quick release on there. I mean, you know, it's all the same stuff. It's just different products. So I didn't want, the big thing was that I really identified a gap in the, in the industry, right? All of us in that space have crazy ass retail prices only so they can give dealers 40 to 50% off. And I'll use a brand name that everybody will recognize, 511, right? Okay. None of it's made in America, but it's a huge brand. They probably do a little over 400 million a year in sales. And, but when I was a 511 dealer, I would get their product at 50% off. So whatever price you see online or any price you see in the store, a dealer of 511 is buying it at 50% off that price. But 511 is still Making, making a killing. Killing off of it. Yeah. So landed their 511 pant that everybody's familiar with is probably around 14 to 16 bucks. What do they sell it for? Well over 50, probably over $60 at this point. Woo. Yeah. With yeah. all the markups. And, yeah. Yeah. But they use that, but it's not to their fault or any business's fault, right? There has to be revenue generated to create marketing, to create branding, to to go to the shot show, to fucking fly to a meeting, to hire all these sales reps, to have people in there taking all the orders to do, you know what I mean? So who inevitably pays for that is the end user, not the company, right? My, the people who bought tag paid for my marketing. They paid for my catalog. They paid for me to go to the fucking shot show. They paid for $1,200 steak dinners. And I said, you know, man, I've done that so many times do I really need to do that? And is it really, really fair to the end user, right? I just got smarter over time. And so with Rugged, what I want to do is keep the line very, very small, maybe like 15 to 20 items at yep. the most, but it's stuff that people use every single day, right? But now it's only marked up 30% more than I pay, than I, it costs me to make it. To make it, gotcha. So if it costs me 10 bucks to make something, you will see it for sale for right around 15 bucks because there's a 30% margin and a couple dollars for shipping. So all the pricing includes shipping, it's, you know, so when you buy it, it's click, boop, goes in the car. And you're laying it out there. You're telling the listeners right now, listen, this is what I pay. This is what you're going to get. Yeah. I love it. Nice. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's kind of a, a wake up call to our industry and to the consumers. It's like, Hey man, a plate carrier, and you know, it, it doesn't need to cost $495. It really doesn't. Right. I can tell anybody listening right now, man, if I was to make a hundred plate carriers tomorrow, I'll probably be like 120 bucks. My cost, like the baddest fucking plate carrier that's out there. It's about 120 bucks. And yet they retail for $400. So, and the newer stuff out that's laser cut, right? Everybody sees all the lasers. That's that's even cheaper to make because it's a laminated fabric, right? So you've got like, say, 100 weight nylon laminated to a rubber for layman's terms. And a laser is cutting it. Well, there's not a human being sewing those molly rows on there. This laser is literally cutting 100 slices in that in under five seconds. Wow. So where is your- So it's really, really cheap, but because it looks space-aged, right? They're like, oh, you're paying for the technology and it's just another way to just hyper-gouge the consumer. And I just think it's bullshit. It's a computer sweatshop. Yes. That's never been said before. Those, those poor lasers. Those poor lasers. <laughs> those poor lasers. They must be burned out. That was almost good as fetish. Uh, so you, we're coming full circle. 
And uh, we started out with clarity. So what is the future that you see with Rugged? What is your clarity? What is the clarity and future for Chris Osmond? The the clarity that I had is that my happiness is not from money, right? There's a lot of rich, miserable motherfuckers. Go ahead. A lot of rich, miserable motherfuckers out there. We, we see it every single day. You know, my happiness comes from my, I guess, my inner joy and like no stress and doing something that just I enjoy, right? I really do like enjoy manufacturing, designing and providing products to people. But it's, but it's something that is a livable wage and my biggest goal in life, it, it hit me one day, like I say, man, when I started this whole rugged thing was the, my end state is to never, ever, ever work in a corporation again. Cause I did that. I sold tag and I was working in the corporation for on and off for like four and a half years. Be your own a, master. I love yeah. That. And it was miserable. Dude. And that's uh, that man, that's the entrepreneurial spirit. The, Be yeah, your own master. I mean, yeah. you know, I got big goals, but the thing I love most, I tell people about is the freedom as an entrepreneur. If you want to go you know, to your kid's game. If you want to take a day off, Hey man, nothing stops you from doing it uh, other than the grind of work. Other, you know, right. But, but you have to have self-discipline to be an entrepreneur because no one's going to do the work for you, but everybody will say, Oh, money is time. Time is money. Time is, time is precious. Time, 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 time. Well, if I control my own time, I'm, I'm the richest dude in the world. Yep. Cause that's the one thing you'll never be able to replace. That's right. You can't. Yeah. So, so uh quick question to wrap this up is, you know, you know a lot. Uh, I mean, we could spend hours on the entrepreneurial space. Sure. I, I would have loved to gotten into deep into the, especially retail. I mean, I learned a little bit about retail running wounded wear. It's a hard business. It is. Uh, trying to manage your overheads, inventory control, all that. I guarantee there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there. So will you ever make yourself available as a consultant to entrepreneurs for lower level business consulting? Because you have a wealth of knowledge, man. If they wanted it, I'd absolutely help them out. Okay. Well, where can they find you if you ever, if they were ever looking for you? Rugged.com. They could also find me on Instagram, rugged underscore. I mean, I'll give out my personal cell. It hasn't changed since 2000. And two, you want to call me at 619-210-5956. Please don't blow me up with dumbass questions and dick, dick Don't picks. ask Appreciate what he's wearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's another plank owner there. Somebody just giving out their personal number. I love it. Yeah. By the way, Chris doesn't have pants on under the table. You guys No, he doesn't. That, so. That's right. I'm yeah. jerking him off. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, listen, brother, thank you so much. This has been a great interview. I mean, you, dude, you have walked a crazy path. I mean, that's your reality from yeah. where you were when you were younger to a millionaire to, you know, Marine SEAL and now really content and and building a smaller business, but one that you really, that you have the clarity. So yeah, fucking I humble do. yet still so fucking hungry. That's what I love about you. Yeah. You're hungry for success, doing it your way. Yeah. But I mean, it, it took a lot of fuck ups as you guys know man it's a lot of you know the success in this world is all built upon mistakes yep. right and i made plenty of mistakes i've enjoyed the successes and uh maybe i didn't take enough time off to really embrace the like success it was almost like okay i did it and then it was just it was more grinding so i definitely faulted there but again you know the humility comes from the community that we come from i mean the the things that you know our brothers have done and some of these things, you know, you go to these monuments and you see all those gold stars on there and it's like, hmm, that's real sacrifice. Yeah. That, Amen. you know yeah. what I mean? Amen. That, that's, you know, in, you know, I'm think, still here. I yeah. Mean, I think that all the time. Yeah. So, so I'm just a lucky dude and, you know, I keep getting luckier and luckier, I guess. And, you know, the fact that people, you know, give me 
their time. You know, I don't want to, you know, disregard how valuable their time is. So I try to, you know, listen to people, help people out and just, you know, be there. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's, uh, yeah, man, let's wrap it up. So we normally do our two minutes of motivation to close out the show. So, uh, Ray, you want to lead off today? You know what? Since we've got three frogmen on here and I'm the best looking frogman, I'm going to let you two take it because I'm actually learning from you. Um, Clarity is a word that I'm still trying to master. So I want to just, you two, I think, have got a little bit better clarity on life than I do right now. So instead of not being a bitch, I'm I'm owning up to one of my deficiencies. Um, Let me know. Let, give it to me. Give me two minutes of how I can better have clarity in my life. So this is just a shotgun of the word. You just uh, sure. stream of consciousness. Cuss, one yell, minute. whatever you What got. does clarity mean to Chris Osmond to close out the show? And you want it directed towards you. You direct well, it directed towards to the listeners. <laughs> yeah. A lot yeah. of people have the same thing. They just don't have the balls to look a man in the eye and say that. Right. Well, the first thing I would say is to own your own truth, right? Whether it's positive, negative, right? I, the freedom that I, that I enjoy, right? You know, there's plenty of people who can talk shit about me or you know, oh, this guy, that girl, whatever, but, but I just own it, right? If I fuck up, I just go, oh my God, man, I can't believe I X, Y, Z. So it, it takes away anybody else's ability to control me. So if somebody's going to write something negative about me, they're like, yeah, but he already said that about himself, right? So there's no, love it. there's nowhere for anybody to go, right? Yeah. Those that try to hide behind some falsetto of, you know, you see it every single day on Instagram, right? Like people are, you know, they take a million pictures, make sure it's the right angle. Just fucking take a picture. Right. That is who you are. That's what you look like. That's what you eat. You know what I mean? It's you have to have a lot of self-reflection in order to be clear to be somebody else's reflection. Right. You can't be fucked up in your own life and be like, you know, it's like a marriage counselor. Right. Imagine the the marriage counselor who's going through a divorce. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's like, come on, man. Like you're you're a hypocrite. Yeah. It's you're just a living fucking hypocrite. Yeah, right. Yeah. And no one's a saint. And, and that's the other thing people have to understand. So I've literally snapped one day and it clicked for me in my mind was that, Hey man, everybody is as fucked up as me, if not worse. So I will never judge another man for, or a woman for their sexual orientation, drug use, drinking, whatever. Just don't be a piece of shit. Right. It's like, don't beat your kids that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you got to choke a motherfucker out. Yeah. <laughs> God bless Chris Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. We love you, brother. Yeah. Amen. They love to choke people out, man. Yeah. But, you know, be humble in your approach. But I would say be, be clarity in what you're trying to accomplish in your own life. You know what I mean? And fix yourself and be a continuous improvement stage and just nonstop, like, you know, just keep doing it. You know, like I'm a fat fuck, right? I, I told people it's 90 day challenge. One day I woke up, I was like, man, I really let, let my shit go. You know what you I mean? You look good now, brother. And it's, you know, I don't want to be that guy at the shot show that's like, oh yeah, man, when I was in the teams, but this huge gut, right? Embarrassing the community. It's like, bro, you couldn't last a minute of buds right now. And yeah. you're telling bud stories. It's like, at least look the part, fuck. So, you know, don't talk about it. Just be about it. It's, it's that whole, you know, realization that you're not perfect and everybody's deficient in some way. So why not just do what you did in, in the teams, right? You, you showed up there on a mission, right? You showed up there for a reason. You were in charge of something. Well, that doesn't change when you get out of the military and somebody's not telling you to do it. You Amen. know, Amen. Take, Amen. Yeah. yeah, man. So God that's it, brother. Damn. That nails clarity. I mean, I don't Fuck. think, 
You said it. So, yeah, yeah know thyself and drive forwards. All right, man. Well, listen, brother. I got a heart an on. honor Enjoy to have that. you Enjoy on that. once again. Uh, rugged underscore on Instagram and R H U G E D rugged.com. So, what an awesome episode. Three team guys together again. <laughs> 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 Only had a microphone for that. So, all right, man, we are going to wrap it up. We have nailed this show. And uh, this has been the Overcome and Conquer show. I am Jason Overcome Redman. And I am Ray Cash Care. And we are out. Boom. Thanks for listening to the Overcome and Conquer show. Tune in next time and please remember to subscribe on iTunes. Please visit overcomeandconquer.com. Hey, this is Ray Cash Care. Thanks for listening to the Overcome and Conquer show. If you love the show, we want you to do us a huge favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star message, leave a comment, and share with your friends. <gasps> Boom.